Welcome to the Healing Embodied Podcast, where we have real and raw conversations about growth and healing that will shift your perspective in profound ways. We take a unique approach to healing the overthinking mind, creating conscious relationships, and living a life of courage and freedom. So take a deep breath and get ready to expand your mind, connect to your body, and activate your spirit. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Healing Embodied Podcast. This is your host, Chelsea Horton, and I'm just so deeply honored and excited for today's guest. This is someone that I've been working with off and on for over a year now between um, our group programs and this just beautiful one-on-one work. So much of my work today is actually inspired by the work that I've done with this beautiful human here. And she is doing something so courageous today and sharing her story, sharing her experience. It's going to be raw. It's going to be real. And most importantly, it's going to be so empowering and inspiring. If you feel like your brain is so dark, like if you feel like my thoughts are so dark, Mm. my thoughts are say the worst things. My guest today, Stephanie, is going to just shine such a bright light and you're going to be so moved by her story. So everyone, let's welcome Stephanie. So excited to have you. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much. I was like almost tearing up when you were um, having that introduction. Um, Yeah, (laughs) I'm very close to my emotions. Um, yeah, and, and it's, this is like so new for me too, to also share my, my experience. I've been having, um, I'm a bit of a perfectionist, good girl. And, um, I, 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 it's hard being seen in your vulnerable states. Um, and for me, OCD has been really vulnerable. Um, so yeah, that's what's coming up for me now. Mm. Um, it's been a really isolating experience. So finding finding a, a community of other people uh, just like me and finding the Healing and Body team has been working with my body. has been really shifting things for me. Yeah, yeah. and I actually want to invite in that perfectionist good girl parts do you mind if we invite her in and just like yeah. let let her be here and just notice like where you feel her in your body as you just show up for this interview this conversation hmm. yeah just noticing what it is she's afraid of Yeah, that her fears are that she has to get it right mm. and that she won't hurt anyone uh, by sharing her story. Mm. Um, yeah, and wants to be seen as a good person, uh, essentially. 
Um, yeah. Um, and scared of, yeah, that this part of her that for so long she's uh, been hiding. Um, she's been seeing it as a flaw yeah. and putting a light on it in public is um very vulnerable um and it, it doesn't really meet the inner good girl's standard of perfection uh so that's what's coming up um for the good girl yeah being seen and being vulnerable is just going to bring up that part who you know, we've worked so much with this part and I'm, I love that we're like bringing her up here in this moment. So people can kind of hear and witness in real time, just like how human this is and how so many of us, whenever we have the opportunity to be seen and be vulnerable, we have these parts of us who come up in real time. And because you've built such a loving, trusting relationship with her and she knows that she's you've cultivated that safety, you're able to see this protective mechanism, this perfectionist, and show up in that raw, messy humanness anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, exactly. And that's a huge progress for me. Mm-hmm. Um, like a year ago, I would never have done this before but um I feel like there's a freedom in also sharing my story and hopefully being an inspiration for for others to um to struggle mm-hmm. and wants to find empowerment which which has been so big for me yeah so yeah do you feel open and ready to share like what it was that brought you to healing and body like what were you yeah well um what brought me to healing and body was uh relationship anxiety uh rocd and um it i had so many intrusive thoughts about my relationship um constantly checking whether things were right or wrong with 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 the relationship and i've i've been in that state of having this very loud um mean bully um which has later become this yeah name for the inner abuser and um my good girl uh, on the other side wanting that everything was to be right and not making any mistakes so it was that pull uh, or there was that like battle between the two of them and I was constantly in my head I didn't know what it was to be in my body um, I had done some inner child work um, which had helped some um but um there was so it was so hard to get out of my mind when i noticed when i tried to connect with my inner child the mind um 
got in the way. Uh, and yeah, I was just like, I have to do this. This is totally new for me. But um, I've been struggling. At that point, I had been struggling with ferocity for uh, five years. Um, and it also showed up in my previous um, relationship. So, um, yeah, uh, I was, I have to work with, with this and, and involve the body. I was so inspired by, I had followed, uh, the healing body, uh, on Instagram. And I was like, God, Chelsea, she's just like me. <laughs> and I, I felt so much that I, I really could relate to you and your story. Um, and how shame, uh, also is. It's like such a driving force behind all of this. Um, and, and, and yeah, that, that was, was like my anxiety and my ROCD was what, what brought me to you uh, and the community. Um, and from, from there, it has just evolved. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so it sounds like a lot of, your themes of your anxiety and your OCD were about rightness and goodness. And you mentioned these two uh, forces within your mind that we named as like the inner abuser, who was always trying to like tell you how bad and wrong you were. And then mm. your inner good girl who was always trying to prove, no, 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 I have to make sure I'm doing the right thing. Am I doing the right thing? Am I doing the right thing? Am I doing the right thing? And these, like, they were always at each other's throats, back and forth, back and forth. So can you tell me a little bit about this dynamic and the experience of mm. two parts within you? Oh, it was just so, so exhausting. Um, my inner abuser would say the most hurtful things and give me all the evidence why um I, I I essentially was making the wrong choice or that my relationship was wrong. And here I had this like wonderful man that I love and he is, yeah, just so awesome. So I couldn't like, what, why is my brain saying all of these things? And then my good girl wanting to go into that debate of, of like proving that no but the relationship is right <laughs> and uh and 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 uh, it's not um this is ROCD this is it's not about the the um, the relationship and like constantly trying to disprove um what the the inner abuser was saying um so what's that like constant battle and um, also that my inner good was at the mercy of the inner abuser too. He was like feeling, no, no, what are you gonna say next? And like hiding and um, feeling so scared. And so um, like, like the inner abuser had the upper hold. Um, and it was really scary because I, I I could not see a way out. I could not like there was no way like every it, it there 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 was no place, no safe place 
in my body where I could go, where I could just let this battle go. And I had no, I had no home. I just had these two parts and extremely dysregulating. And I remember, which is so interesting, that I had a knot in my stomach for, I guess, six, yeah, six years, six, seven years. I had it like, yeah. And it was like causes like I had one of my first like inner peace roadmaps with Sarah. It was like it was like this rock that was yeah, just so tight and I felt it here all the time in my stomach. And um I had no idea of how to not have that feeling. Uh I had that sensation. Um and with time, uh, I can I can notice that it comes back uh, uh, now and again, but it it's not there constantly, and that's also like a big thing for me. Um, yeah, uh, so so that was also something that that um, yeah that 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 has been really clear for me with with this process too, um, how my body was feeling I was very closed up wanting to hide and that knot in my stomach and Mm. and yeah I've been relaxing and easing more into um life and not knuckling it and being scared yeah wow and I just I actually didn't for some reason I didn't know that you were dealing with this for six years prior to coming to work with us. And I have a lot of people who will DM us and say like, how long, like how long should I be experiencing relationship anxiety? Like, is, is this too long to be feeling it? And I just kind of want to take a moment to honor and reflect like how many years that this anxious system can take hold of you and yeah. like kind of the more it's there the stronger it gets because it's become so familiar and you said like i couldn't even see another way of like existing inside of my own mind in my own body like i couldn't find that place within me that felt safe and to like i also just want to say how freaking courageous people with anxiety and ocd are to be like living with this constant battle inside their body mind for for years and years and years and Mm. strength it takes some days to just get up in the morning and to have to deal with with the absolute discomfort and what a beautiful thing it is then for you to have cultivated Mm. this safe space within your own body mind and i'm sure everyone is right now asking the question stephanie how 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 did you do that how how is it possible i mean it's been hard hard work and i would say like it's just i lived like this without really um i got some help but um like the the first therapist I had in Sweden she didn't really know about um uh, ROCD so um yeah that wasn't really helpful uh and it was um 
yeah, it, it wasn't helpful um, or maybe a bit, but it wasn't really helpful. And then, um, then I was just like, I can just live like this. This is just how I am, I guess. It was really painful, but I was like, nobody understands. Um, and, and yeah, so it's been like really evolving from there. I would say like this, when my daughter was born, uh, three years ago, I made a, made a dedication to myself to, to work on myself for her so I could be present with her in her life. Now, coming up again. Yeah. Um, because I didn't really know what life was without this battle. But when I had her, I knew that I had to um, had to find home within myself, that that was also important for my attachment with her too. And for her to, yeah, be a confident and courageous little girl in the future. Um, so, yeah, so so that was my main motivator. And yeah, it's taken a lot of time and it's been really, really hard, but I've been doing so much progress over the these past years. Uh, and involving the body has been just like another dimension of it all. Uh, and yeah, working with Chelsea too, uh, you, I mean, I feel so much and so many things that we are like the same person. And the shame piece really brought this work, um, yeah, to another layer. And, um, yeah, the inner abuser and the good girl and how that has impacted me and how to find my worthiness. Uh, yeah. Oof. Yeah, I'm, I'm remembering our first session together after you graduated the group program and decided to work with me one-on-one. -on -one. And the thing we tapped into was this power within you as a mother who had this fierce commitment to breaking generational curses and generational patterns, generational trauma, and wanting to show up so fully for your daughter, for yourself. And just the power, I, I just remember the power that we unlocked in really tapping into that was unlike anything I've seen. It's just like, the fierceness of a mother's love is unlike anything else and how courageous it is and loving it is for you to make your healing a priority so that your daughter can know the love and the freedom and the presence. And yeah, for you to no longer be so wrapped up in your shame stories. And I kind of want to go in that direction and you know you're mentioning shame and some people might be like well, I don't have shame I just have anxiety and like what do you mean shame because yeah. a, 
that it's so underneath it all. So if you want to speak to like how we kind of uncovered this shame that was Mm. fueling all these different OCD themes, like every OCD theme is something you've experienced (laughs) and underneath it, we found this thing name as shames. Yeah. Shame. Um, this fear of being a bad person, um, the shame that I am a bad person. And that is what I have been defending against my whole life or escaping, not escaping from, but yeah, defending against. And it all comes from that. Um, feeling that I'm a bad person uh, and that was a really light bulb moment when I understood how my relationship anxiety was with under that was was shame uh, and yeah underneath all of my other uh, themes too was shame and um that fear of being a bad person and not wanting to be a bad person I can't make any mistakes I have to be right I can't be bad I have to be perfect I uh, I can't mess up uh oh my god so exhausting um shame was always on the lookout for me too always um trying to evidence like it was like I had that that constant uh, yeah judge telling me everything I was doing wrong uh, yeah in my relationship in my work in how uh, I, I was a, I'm a mother um yeah shame was like the constant thing and that I I I didn't think that it was a, a driving force, but that's really what what has been driving everything uh, for me. So that was a big realization for me. Yeah, and I love the phrasing you use. Like I've been defending against this shame mm-hmm. my whole life, and that's really what the inner good girl, which manifests as anxiety, like that's. Mm-hmm that was her role was constantly defending against this, this inner judge and her abuser shame, always looking to prove how you're such a bad person, whether that's in who you are as a mother, as a, a partner, you know, like it's always looking for to confirm that, ha ha, I've got you. You are a bad person. Mm. And that inner good girl, inner anxious system, constantly trying to get reassurance and certainty that she's not a bad person. Yeah. How exhausting that has been. Yeah. And I feel it's been so exhausting. And for me, a lot of that's been trying to make sure that I have uh, OCD and that I'm not a bad person. But that was one of the go-tos that my inner good girl um, had. And um, yeah, it's, it was, so exhausting to defend against that constant shame, uh, relentless, and 
also tacking the things that matters most to me, um, my partner and um, everything that I care about, my daughter. It, yeah, it really is the coolest thing. Um, and in some ways you also got very clear on what you love in this life and how you want to live life too because it's so opposite to who you are so through the dark that's where I also find my light wow yeah yeah since shame and OCD which I think is the protective mechanism against shame since shame is always attacking what you love the most Mm -hmm. what you found through this work was what you love the most and and it's so counter to who you really are you know it's always telling you oh you're you're a liar you're this you're just lying to yourself you're a coward you're actually a bad person and actually in going into that darkness you found how much you truly love your partner your daughter who you really are mm-hmm. and i yeah i want to talk about like as we saw this back and forth this shame and her judge and her abuser and this anxious good girl who's always trying to like prove that she was good Mm. what was it that we found that allowed you to escape this back and forth never-ending system wow what we found um I remember that session um that we had when uh, I I found my worthy woman I don't know if that was something you came up with then uh but (laughs) maybe it was but oh, since then, the worthy woman has been like following me and my partner here at home. He's like, "You go, worthy woman." <laughs> he's, we're yeah, uh, and yeah. What what I found was this woman, um, very fierce, empowered woman who. Yeah, who feels that she is loved no matter what. She doesn't have to be in that battle. She can just watch the battle, see for what it is, know that she's who she is. And the core of who she is is like worthy. I'm like feeling into that worthiness in my body, like this very grounding. And I'm like, yeah, throwing my hands in my knees. And that's how I feel. It's very grounding when everything else feels wobbly. She's grounded. She's, she knows that she's loved no matter what. And she's not scared of being a bad person. And she walks around with her head up high. And she has this energy around her that so giving she wants to contribute she wants to yeah share that energy with others and love is really everything um so yeah really feeling into into her and how it was to go around walking around and not like feeling 
having that constant fear of being a bad person and actually feeling into, yeah, I'm loved no matter what. And I not my thoughts. Um, I'm so much more. Uh, yeah, I am light. I have this, yeah, I have this big life, this really, and, and, and so much energy that, yeah, just wants to be released and that I don't have to hold that back. Um, yeah, I love my worthy woman. She feels like home and she's my safe place. Um, and when it's tough, um, like she, 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 she got me. Uh, she holds me also with love. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, and, you know, if we're talking about like internal family systems, parts, language, this would be like the capital S self, your worthy woman. And it sounds like this part of you, which is actually like the true essence of you, isn't attached you found this place inside of you that isn't attached to this story of oh, what if I'm a bad person? I have to prove that I'm good. How how can I make sure that I never make a mistake? And she trusts that she's inherently worthy, that she's lovable no matter what. It's this like unshakable energy that mm -hmm. you were able to tap into because, you know, the, the, the good girl is always being shaken up by this by the inner judge that's like haha i found you You're, you are bad and she's like oh god yeah. like every like you said she's at the mercy of this inner judge yeah and i remember that session too where it was like we imagine you like panning out past the mm -hmm. inner judge and the inner good girl mm -hmm. and like finding the the one who witnesses it and the one who's more like isn't caught up in it and you found this, yeah, unshakable energy, this this well of unconditional love and empowerment. Yeah. And that was so wild. And enjoying that and detaching from that battle and finding my worthy woman. I also, in that too, found um, an inner advocate, um, and and empowerment to also, um, yeah, in a sense, protect myself, put boundaries um, against this inner abuser too. The worthy woman is like this really strong fair woman and, and she doesn't take any shit and anyone telling me <laughs> that I'm less than uh, and that I'm not who I think I am that that's not an energy that the worthy woman yeah engages with she's so beyond that yeah uh, and I love it's <laughs> like this this woman, this energy, this fierceness, she doesn't take any shit. And most of the time, the shit is like our own, that own, 
the, the voice inside of our own head that's always trying to prove how bad we are. So tell me about like what that looks like when you have, you notice your inner judge or inner abuser, that shame mm. voice, when it comes up, because it, it inevitably does, it, it gets activated, it comes up. Like what happens now when the inner abuser comes up instead of the inner good girl rushing to try to ah, fix it and prove that she's good? Mm. How does the tapping into the worthy woman change that pattern? Yeah. Um, for me, like the inner judge, it's always about you are bad. You will do something bad. You are messing up. Uh, you are going to hurt someone. It's all about that really like mean voice. Um, and before I was just like taking that. <laughs> And being at the mercy of that, like, oh, no, no, I don't want to be a bad person. No, I, no, please. How can I make sure that? Yeah. And like really going into that frantic. But now when that voice comes up, most of the time, I, I will say that I, I, I fall back sometimes. We are human. But most of the time I find this empowerment. And for me, it's been so 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 important to put boundaries and it's like no you can't do that anymore and like feeling how I'm protecting my inner child from that abuse so like finding my war and no like enough is enough and I think that was also a really important session that we had and because that was also a piece that came um with this inner abuse or how to like deal with it and I think um I think for me to find my that inner voice of saying no more and like I'm leaving this toxic relationship I'm walking away with my baby girl. <laughs> We're not taking this abuse anymore and like really seeing it for what it was, abuse. And that I had the agency to walk away um, with my inner child, child. But she, she wasn't, she doesn't have, like she, ha she doesn't have to be exposed to that anymore. Um, so that has been, Oh, that has been so important for me um and I would also say that that is also important in how I also put boundaries in my other relationships too and advocating for my needs and well, I'll say that's also hard but I before I couldn't I had a really hard time saying no to other people. Uh, but I think with this worthy woman, that has become more natural for me to like tune into what I need and honor my needs and put boundaries from there. Yeah. Yeah, I love that you speak to this, this inner abusive relationship. And a lot of times with clients who have relationship anxiety, and this theme of like, you're going to, you're going to make the wrong choice. You're going to fail like mm -hmm. that inner judge. They're always trying to convince 
the client that it's their partner that they need to leave. But what we mm-hmm. often find it's it's this abusive relationship within yourself that you need to break up with because was something wow. And I, I hope you don't mind me sharing this, but mm-hmm. something that I remember your inner abuser, inner judge. But something that your inner abuser slash inner judge used to do was like use your childhood pain Mm -hmm. against you. Like Mm -hmm. it would use fuel and ammo from real life hurtful experiences that you had and trying to use that to further prove that you see you are this bad person. And your inner worthy woman would kind of not kind of, she would, she finally stepped in to say, stop, like stop using the inner child's trauma Mm -hmm. and pain against her. Like enough, like you said, enough is enough. And she really the good girl, the inner good girl is your inner child who is so Mm -hmm. afraid of making a mistake and believing that she needed to be a good girl. Yeah. And it's so interesting. Um, because OCD has not like only been showing up in my relationship. It's been showing up in a lot of themes, really hard, uh, challenging themes. And what really comes down to is the one you have to break up with is this inner abuser. Um, In all of the cases, um it's like the inner abuser tries to find these different yeah tries to poke you in different places with different themes and tries to get your attention you bad bad girl (laughs) yeah and like it knows that I'm a bad girl that's that's how it tries to and and really yeah it just wears different hats and really the one you have to break up with is this inner abuser to find your freedom that's the one you have to break up with no more um you have taken enough already you have taken the punches enough already and i'm also saying this to myself because i feel sometimes like i need to hear that too because it's so easy to sometimes fall back into that inner good girl that the programming is is really deep and um but like really no more no more um yeah so that yeah Mm, yeah I remember like the session where we found this fierceness and this fire inside of you that came from such a deep love for your inner child and this this love that wanted to protect your inner child and instead of the inner child trying to be protected through making sure i never make a mistake and making sure i'm doing everything right like that's a protective mechanism based in fear this protective mechanism was based in a fierce love and the the worthy woman would step in and say you're not going to talk to her like that anymore. 
you don't you don't get to torture and torment her mm -hmm. anymore by following her around waiting for her to mess up so that you can prove how bad she is yeah that's done <laughs> and mm -hmm. seeing you find that fierceness of like enough is enough mm -hmm. we're done taking the punches was like i get chills all over my body thinking about mm -hmm. that that session and that experience mm -hmm. and i feel like for people with ocd they have they're just so programmed to take the punches and the the part of them that wants to be good is constantly cowering and so to find this fire this fierceness empowerment inside of you to to kind of take sovereignty back in your own mind mm. yeah. it's huge it's really huge and yeah you're really speaking to to a lot of the things that I'm feeling with that um I think that was also the thing I didn't have that home so I couldn't like retreat back I didn't have someone advocating for me and I thought I deserved to take the punches um, because I had this belief system that I was bad. And so everything the abuser said was probably right in some way. So I believed that, but I also felt that I had to defend against it. And like not like getting space from that was really exhausting but and like feeling that really empowered fierce raw worthy woman who yeah we're not taking the punches anymore we're actually leaving this toxic relationship she's she's the friend that when you're with an abusive partner yeah she really got your back and she like moves you out of that um situation and uh, yeah that was such a big milestone for me i think um in finding that because i didn't have my own voice before that and actually i i think also i i felt that um we talk a lot about like accepting your emotions and you are not your thoughts and and but there's also a time I think when the thoughts are so abusive when you have an inner abuser that you actually need to put boundaries that you actually need to find that fierceness and say no more um you don't have to take the punches anymore and you deserve so much more uh so that was also a new way of seeing it like that i could find that fierceness within and yeah yeah and that i'm allowed to mm. stand up for myself yeah like in my own head like because yeah. you said there's when we have this inner abuser inner judge shaming voice for so long we kind of believe that it's true we believe that mm. oh my gosh this shame is right i am a bad person or what if it is right and you believe that you kind of have to constantly be listening to what it says or else if i'm not listening to it or else maybe i am really going to be a I, I, you know, I am a horrible person if i don't like listen to every single thing it says maybe i maybe it's going to prove that i'm right 
And mm. then there's that like hyper responsibility that we talked about, like mm. constantly feeling like you have to be hyper responsible to make sure that you never do anything that would prove that this voice of shame, this inner abuser is right. So you're like walking on eggshells mm. in your life and you don't realize that like you're allowed to say, um, no, that's not how this works. I get to make mistakes. I get to be imperfect. I get to have my emotions. I get to be a messy, complex human. I don't have to walk around on eggshells Mm. in an attempt to to not be imperfect Mm. and then have my own shame voice say that that means I'm a horrible person, undeserving of love. Mm. Exactly. And I mean... There is a part, like the worthy woman, she knows which punches, like, not to take. She knows also where to put boundaries. Like, there's, like, an inner wisdom in that that you can rely on. She knows. Um, yeah, she knows. Uh, I, I won't say right from wrong, but, like, she knows what you're, you need. and and, and um, what's important to you and she advocates for you and so having trust in that worthy woman too and that there's a part of you that really knows um that has this like inner wisdom and that you can rely on that and and not rely on that battle that's going on in your head because it's all mental garbage noise uh rain droppings whatever you want to call it it's just shit <laughs> i'm sorry but i'm sorry brain no but i mean it's it's a wonderful thing to have a brain um but there's also a lot of garbage there and yeah life happens it doesn't happen in the brain your life is happening here, where you are right now. Um, yeah, in your body, like that informs you. Your life informs you from what you experience. And yeah, it's, and by being right here, right now, not being up in the brain thinking about all the possible things that could go wrong or how you could be a bad person or that. Yeah. And that's like the main thing that I have. I've been living, I was living my brain for so long and living in the brain with through the lens of I'm a bad person and your world gets really, really small. And yeah, life doesn't happen there. That's, I've come to learn that life happens outside of that. Mm. And by being up in the brain, you're also missing out on life that is happening right here, right now. Um. And I think for me, uh, that has also been like a huge thing because I've always relied so much on my brain because, well, I think I identify as like an intelligent 
uh, woman and um, I use my brain a lot in my work. And yeah, I, there's so much emphasis on the brain. Um, but for me also to notice that, yeah, life doesn't happen in the brain, that like having that detachment too um, has been so important for me too. Yeah, something that's stuck out that you said was, you know, when you live like from your brain, from your mind and the spirit being a bad person, life gets really small. And it reminded me of like all the work that we've done of feeling like you're in this little tight, rigid box. So I'm curious to know and, and to hear like how accessing this inherent worthiness, the worthy woman, mm-hmm. how that has opened life up to you or like how you experience life differently Mm. now that you are you found this place within you I would say that um yeah there's a lot of things to say about that um one thing is that I feel like I am willing to take more risks and open up for desires um desires around how I want my life to be um, without having uh, shame there to say that I'm wrong or that I shouldn't do that or so that has been huge and like opening up for desires I never had desires before Um, yeah maybe a desire to eat and uh, (laughs) I love I love food Uh, but but I mean that like desire to do something and like feeling this desire today to share my story also so huge and like getting out of that fucking box that I was in um and also in like taking agency agency of my life and be like I choose my life I choose how to how how I want to live my life um like I have agency too I'm I'm not a slave under my 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 mind I am yeah I can take up place too and also seeing that and before I was so afraid of making mistakes I was constantly, I can't make any mistakes. I have to be perfect. And I, I saw that a lot in my work too. And if I, like, I had a typo somewhere. some And and that was just so, I was like, oh no, I had a typo. Um, and um, my boss said something, oh, that wasn't really nice with a typo in that text or something like that. But I was able to sit there and just like, no, yeah, but that's how it is. There's a typo. And I'm still alive and we're still alive. <laughs> and not like in I didn't I mean, it was important for him, but I mean not taking that responsibility and feeling like before I would have like been, No, my God, he's so disappointed and made a story about that. And now it's like, Yep, it sucks. There's a typo. 
what are we going to do? Yes. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it informs me so much and like in how I act in my life and being able to take like negative comments from people. Uh, like it doesn't really affect my, it doesn't affect my words because that's like unchanged. I'm, yeah, my worth is unshakable. And um, yeah, and also I think agency has been such a big thing that like before I just feeling that I have every right to choose whatever I want and what I desire and what I don't desire and what I don't want. And I, the worthy woman, get to choose that I don't have to be under the whip of the inner abuser. Um, I have agency. Yeah. So yeah, you friggin' took your life back. <laughs> yeah. You took yeah. your life back. Because like you said, you were just at the mercy of everything that the inner abuser yeah. said and that the franticness of the good girl. <laughs> and now you're like, no, like I get to if I have a desire or an inspiration to do something, to choose mm. something, I get to do that without this dread and overwhelming fear of, Oh, what if it's wrong? Or what if uh, it's like, no, I get, my life has opened up to so many yeah. possibilities now because my worth is unshakable. So I'm not worried about what if I choose this path and then I find out I'm a terrible person or I mess up or I fail. It's like, Hey, if I make a mistake, Hey, I had a typo. Okay what we're moving on <laughs> okay i'll fix it i'll take responsibility yeah. and we're moving on and I, I don't need to go into this shame spiral because shame is no longer the driving force and you know when shame is kind of in the driver's seat it's like oh your boss said you made a typo see i told you i'm a terrible person yeah. I knew it. i'm so terrible right it's like okay mm. yep i made a mistake and that doesn't change my worthiness no <sighs> mind blown Exactly. And also in this, that um, the world, how I perceive the world now, it's like not this tight little box or this like road of right or wrong. Like it's an endless field of opportunity, of life, of experiencing exploring messing up getting back up um living here and now and that has been like I have felt overwhelmed by that too but I also feel that's very freeing it's a very freeing feeling to know that you know I just have to I just have to live and experience life and um not worry about being right or wrong or bad or good like life isn't this black or white um made up yeah uh, like the mind makes it to be it's all the colors and yeah maybe colors you don't even know exist it's everything like yeah, it's hard hard to explain, but like how I view life now, it's so different from this very closed 
close place. I love that. You can't put life into this binary category. You can't put your humanity into this category of good, bad, right, wrong. Like we are this multifaceted mm. creation. Life is this multicolored experience. Mm. And what a beautiful thing it is now that you have this paint palette of all these different colors that you get to paint with now. How much more creativity, inspiration, playfulness can come from this place versus this rigid black and white way of seeing yourself. And yeah. Stuff. Yeah, and that we're allowed to play and be creative, that life isn't about being so damn serious. Like, I've been too serious. I've been carrying too much responsibility, like, my whole life. I've been having, like, this heavy burden. <laughs> like. It was someone else's turn to carry that now <laughs> or no there's not someone else's turn I don't know but like I just have to yeah th that release that because life is not about carrying such a heavy burden and yeah I I get to live life and that's something I promised myself too like I I allow myself to live life and and be free and that um, no more carrying around this heavy, heavy burden. It's almost as like this burden is like with OCD, like that you've had a, like a life sentence, like you've been living in prison without really deserving to be in prison. And now it's like I'm taking these shackles away. I'm I'm being free. I'm releasing that burden. I'm not carrying that anymore. I also get to experience life and yeah. Wow. Ooh. Yeah, just feeling into this freedom that you've created for yourself. I love that analogy. Mm -hmm. It's like OCD is this prison, like being in prison, but you don't even deserve to be in this prison. Like you didn't commit the crime, but yet your brain is constantly mm -hmm. telling you that you deserve to be there. And for you to like find the key within your own self, it was in there all along and to be able mm -hmm. to unlock yourself from this prison. And now you get to go live the mm -hmm. life that you want to live, which is just it's everything. It is. Oh, I'm getting emotional. Yeah. Knowing where, you know, you said before, like, we're like the same person. And I know how, I know what it was like to live in that prison and now to be living my life in this freedom, in this creativity, in this playfulness. It's just, it's the most precious, valuable. Mm -hmm thing mm. ever and I'm just so grateful that I got to be in that journey with you of you finding that key and unlocking yourself like it's just the coolest most the highest honor that I have as a human being on this planet mm. thank you Chelsea I also got emotional <laughs> yeah thank you and thank you so much for your vulnerability for showing up here, even though the inner perfectionist or good girl, was like, I don't know, 
this. It, it that's just a testament to mm. the work that you've done is being able to take this other risk to show up vulnerably in front of a bunch of potential strangers who are going to be listening and to share share your gift, share your love and to, you know, we've said before, like in our sessions, like you have so much to give and now you get to give it because there's no one holding you in this box anymore. So you've given that gift mm-hmm. today to mm-hmm. everyone who's going to be listening. And that's just incredible. Yeah. It's freedom right there. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. <sighs> Stephanie, do you have any last words of encouragement, hope, or anything else that you want to say to Mm. someone who might be where you were a year, year and a half ago? Yeah. Oh, there's so much to say. Um, But what I would love to like encourage all of you listeners is finding your worthiness, your worthy woman or whatever you want to call it who stands up for you that inner wisdom that is within you and access her and say no more to the inner abuser I think that's just like one of all the um yeah all the things I would love to say, but that that is huge for me and was a big key for me in healing. Thank you so much. Thank you for your time, for your energy, for giving us this gift and, and sharing yourself with us. It's I love it. I love it so much. This this work that we've done together and that we're gonna continue to explore and expand in. I'm so excited. I love it. Thank you. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you feel so empowered and inspired. And most importantly, that you feel this glimmer of hope, even if you're in the midst of that dark, dark place of of shame and anxiety. So sending you all so much love today. Please check out all the resources that I'm going to link in the show notes um, so that you can get started on this journey of finding that inherent worthiness in you, standing up to that inner abuser and being able to live a life of freedom and choice. So thank you all for listening and I can't wait to chat with you next time.